Welcome to the podcast. I thought this week we'd focus on week two of the Texans season as they venture to Tennessee. Coming off a tough loss to New England. A lot of things happening, though, along the way of the threat of a hurricane. You have a bunch of other stuff. Injuries for the Texans, injuries for the Titans. They lose Delaney Walker. So I thought we'd visit with Mike Keith, the voice of the Tennessee Titans, and hear what he has to say about the matchup. And also we'll catch up with Andre Ware as well, my broadcast partner in the booth, and get his thoughts on this matchup and some of the other stuff going on around the National Football League. Now let's get this in from Freddy's Frozen Custard with 12 locations, three new locations opening soon, Full Shear, Kingwood, and Porter, and the new food truck custom designed to bring you steak burgers, fries, and frozen custard you love to whatever event you are putting on. Freddy's Original Double Steak Burger is a real game changer as well. Love that. Freddy's frozen custard all right now mike keith voice of the titans mike how's it going it's very good to be with you mark i'm glad it is titans texans week me too this is really important for both teams divisional game we know the story now tell me about sunday a little bit as a team and as a broadcaster as well because that had to be really weird almost bizarre to have two significant weather delays it really was for the obvious reasons that uh, the game took longer to complete than the two Monday night games combined. From the start of the Monday night game, the first one to the end of the second one was faster than what the Titans and the Dolphins played on Sunday. So that was strange. The other part, too, that was very odd is during the first delay, the majority of time in stadium, we had bright sunshine. So you were, and the crowd was very confused as well as to why are we doing this turns out there was actually a lightning strike within a mile of the stadium so the i think the officials did absolutely the right thing but as you know having been through things like that in a variety of sports sometimes it's it's not easy to explain to everybody what's happening and you don't know the full story until everything's over Uh, for us for everything to be over took forever yeah, it seemed like it because we were following along from afar, and it certainly seemed like the situation. To lose a game like that, a day like that, that had to be tough on the team. And also in the course of the action, you lost Delaney Walker for the season. We think it may be the most significant non-quarterback loss that we've had in terms of an injury at any point since we've been here for what he meant to this overall ball club. You know, as a pass catcher, as a blocker, you know, many people think maybe the best overall tight end in football, even at age 34, certainly a reliable guy in the locker room, uh, one of the team captains, uh, one of the players that is really a big help to the young guys on this football team, regardless of position. It's a major blow, and, and we can't replace him. There's just no way. So this team will fundamentally have to shift uh, what they do in a lot of different ways as it will take multiple players to replace Delaney Walker's influence on and off the field. Mike Keith, voice of the Titans, with us. Mike, what about the running game? We see Deion Lewis getting more yards than Derrick Henry. How do you think that shakes out as the season progresses here? You know, it's funny. If Walker is not called for a questionable hold, then Henry has a 62-yard touchdown run, and the Titans end up with two backs who have 88 and 75 yards, and then everybody says, oh, we see exactly how it's going to work. Mm. I think in that scenario, that's what they hope to be. I hope they, I think they hope to be that kind of balanced. Some games it will probably swing Lewis's way, particularly if the Titans are behind. If the Titans are in front, 
you're going to try to go to, to Derrick Henry to run out the clock uh, because he's 247 pounds. So I, I think it will vary game to game. The hope would be that there'll be 1A and 1B because they are different backs, but due to the fact that Lewis can run inside, which is unusual for a back his size, they can run the same plays with both back. Mike Keith, voice of the Titans, joining us on Texans Radio. Okay, Marcus Mariota has the elbow injury in the game, but he practiced as the week got going. What are you seeing from him throughout the preseason, and what do you expect here in 2018? He's really looked good in this offense, and he looked good in the offense on Sunday until he fell on the elbow and or you know hurt himself in that way and couldn't grip the ball properly. The two interceptions came after that. But I think he's very comfortable in what they're doing. I think Matt LaFleur has a very good plan. I think teams that are facing the Titans early are probably in better position than teams that will face the Titans late because I think this offense still has a lot of growing up to do, and I think Marcus has some growing to do in the offense. But a lot of what they they do in this offense really agrees with him, and he really runs with a lot of confidence. You've seen quarterbacks. I've seen quarterbacks over the years. If if they don't have a great belief in what they're doing, they just it it shows. You can see it. You can see it in their body language. He likes what they're doing. He's enjoying it. And in the preseason, what we saw for, from him is he executed it faster. He was much more decisive. So I think you're going to continue to see that out of him as we go forward. But it's going to be a growth process for this offense. You ask about the run game and the running backs and, and now losing Delaney Walker. This offense is going to have to grow, and they're probably going to have to survive that growth for a while. Now, what about the pass catchers here now that Walker is out because you have Matthews and Corey Davis. Deion Lewis can catch the ball well out of the backfield. You still have some weapons there for sure. You do, uh, and you got Johnny Smith at the tight end position. Luke Stocker caught two for 37 at Miami. Uh, the the guys out of the backfield, Henry is a good pass catcher as well, although he doesn't catch a lot of passes. He certainly has that ability. And then and then the wide receivers, I think Corey Davis is coming into his own. Uh, Matthews is starting to get healthy after missing four months. He's only been back practicing for three weeks now, but he's starting to get there. Tajay Sharp missed all of last year. He's starting to round back into form. I mean, you can hear the theme here. You know, you you really can, Mark. It's 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 a lot of pieces having to be fit into places and kind of get used to roles because this team just hasn't had that much stability offensively, either due to all the changes or or the injuries or guys coming back from injury. Mike Keith, voice of the Titans, joining us on Texans Radio. Okay, what are you seeing out of this defense now that Dean Pease is running the show on that side of the football? Really excited about the defense from the standpoint that everybody of note returned, and then they added Malcolm Butler, they drafted Rashawn Evans, they drafted Harold Landry. Really felt good about the depth. Felt like there were five corners that could play. Uh, Jonathan Cyprian was really playing good football at the end of the year. And then Cyprian's lost for the year. Cornerback Ty Smith is lost for the year. Um, they're in a position, too, where Evans gets hurt the, the third day of practice in July. Uh, Landry gets hurt very late in the preseason. So, And then Derek Morgan uh, has to have a procedure on, on, a, on a problem that he has. So all of a sudden, all this depth that you had is not there. 
and the Titans are having to kind of fight through some of that. But at the same time, they're veteran. I think they execute Pease's system very well. And the big part that's different from the offense is what Dean Pease is doing, Mark, is not vastly different than what Dick LeBeau was doing. So there are wrinkles that you have to learn, but all of the pieces are back in a more consistent way, and they're kind of just building on what they did in the past. So I think this has a chance to be a really good defense, and they did some very good things in Miami. They, uh, the Dolphins were just 2 of 10 on third downs, yet they gave up a 75-yard touchdown pass, which is obviously not good. The Dolphins only drove the football one time for a touchdown. And I think that's going to be a story of this defense throughout 2018 is it's going to be hard to drive the football against this defense. Mike Vrabel as a head coach, we've seen him here, of course, linebackers coach, then defensive coordinator. What's he like as a head coach? What's it like to be around him in that environment? It's been good. I've been very surprised with his ability to be the overall head coach. He is not slanted completely toward the defense. You know, he's not calling his own defense. He does tend to wander that way during practice occasionally, particularly where the pass rushers are. But he has a big overview of of the offense, uh, runs a lot of things in terms of special teams, has has a lot of involvement in a lot of different areas. He's been much more organized than most first-time coaches that I've ever been around. Uh, The guys really understand what he wants. He's assembled a good staff. I think he's made for this. And, I I mean, I don't think you're going to judge it off a preseason or one game, but I I think over the long term people are going to see him and and realize he was a pretty good choice for the Tennessee Titans. He's very natural as the front guy. Was it strange to go through that? You go through a postseason in which you win a playoff game in dramatic fashion, and then you have the coaching change. That whole transition, what was that like, Mike? different you know it was i guess the first time if i'm not mistaken since the san francisco 49ers did it that you let a coach go uh with a you know after winning a playoff game it doesn't happen much in the nfl it was not as unexpected internally because there was a discussion about the philosophy in particular of the offense and the offense had taken such a step backward last year And I think there was just a disagreement over what you were going to do. And so as they went through and and hired the new coach, the offense and moving the offense forward was a big part of it. And they ended up hiring as the offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur, who was a, was a candidate for one of the three guys interviewed to be head coach. So I think they, they felt like they got two of their choices. They've got, what they feel like is a very natural head coach in Mike Vrabel and a guy who many people think will be a head coach in short order, and that's Matt LaFleur. Mike, what's the vibe on the Houston Texans as the Titans head into this game? What are you thinking? I think everybody takes it totally seriously, you know, from the standpoint of what the preseason projections are of the Texans based on what we saw in the game down there. Uh, last October 1st, where the Texans put up 57 on the Titans. And that's that's all that needs to be said. What happened with the Texans last year, what happened with the Texans last week, it doesn't make any difference. People know that that Texans team, the one from October 1st, is the same one quarterbacked by Deshaun Watson. And the Houston Texans scored 57 points in that game. 
they won an NFL game 57-14. to So to say that the Texans have the Titans' total attention and respect would be an understatement. There's Mike Keith, voice of the Tennessee Titans, and we'll get Andre Ware in here in just a moment. But first, Bose. NFL stadiums are built for noise at 80,000, sometimes 70, sometimes 65, depending on what size of stadium you have. But lots of screaming fans can make it hard to concentrate, and NFL coaches rely on powerful noise-canceling technology from Bose to block out distractions and keep their focus on the field. And the same technology is inside Quiet Comfort 35.2, the most powerful Bose noise-canceling headphones yet. They take your concentration to the next level so you can get deeper into your music or whatever you're listening to, like this perhaps. Learn more at Bose.com slash Texans. Bose, the exclusive sound of the Houston Texans. Now an exclusive visit with Andre Ware. So, Andre, tell me a few days later, how do you feel about the general situation of the Houston Texans heading into week two here? I, I, you know, I feel confident about the situation overall for, you know, the 15 remaining games. It's just you've got to clean up some stuff. You've got to clean up, you know, penalties and inopportune times, uh, turnovers that, you know, one certainly was a forced turnover on the interception and then, you know, ball handling and things of that sort where you can't, you can't put the ball on the ground, especially when you're on the road facing a team the caliber of uh, the New England Patriots. All right, so Deshaun Watson, week two. Johnny asked you the other day what you would tell Deshaun, and it seems like he's really taken to the coaching. He's saying all the right things heading into week two. We've seen it happen before. It's going to happen again. It's just a matter of when, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's coming. It's just one of those things where he had a, he's, he's been out of football for a long time, and that's the first time in a while that he's been away from it, and then all of a sudden you're in a, an NFL game because the preseason, yeah, it's a simulation of what you – might see in the regular season, but the the speed of the game certainly picks up and it's a lot faster. So you have to process and, and, and work through things a lot faster in the regular season. And then, oh, yeah, you're playing a Bill Belichick defense that's going to throw a lot of different looks at you, play clocks, you know, ticking down, and you've got to make some decisions uh, based on pre-snap reads and things of that sort. So, it, you know, it takes a while. We, we forget, and I think we got spoiled last year, to how Deshaun, just how good he is, uh, but we, we we still have to take into consideration this is only his second year, and there are going to be some mistakes. We don't know what they're going to do with the Kevin Johnson situation as he goes on IR. What do you think might happen? Do they move Colvin over to outside corner, Kareem? I mean, they do have some options here. What is your initial thought? Yeah, well, Justin Reed has played some pretty good football early. Uh, he played well in the preseason. He played well uh, on Sunday. At times, he had some flashes when when he got in the game. So I think it's an an easy fix to move Kareem back, to, like the logical thing to do, because he's got some you know he's got experience there. He's played there. He's been successful there. Uh, move him back to corner and then insert the rookie uh, Justin Reed into at, at safety. So I, I think that's the quickest fix. Uh, you could go with uh, with Colvin. You have some a couple of different ways you can you can do this. Great. what about the overall situation with the defense? There were some encouraging things in the second half of the opener against New England. Yeah, it really was. The one thing I would like to see more of, I mean, they, they, they played a, a pretty good football game uh, for 60 minutes, but I, I'd like to see more pass rush. They, they got hits on Brady at times, but you have to get it when, you know, when you're not expected to get it. 
and that and that's when they're throwing the football and you're expecting run, you still have to be able to get to the passer uh, from from different ways and different situations and, and how you're aligned. So that that's just the one thing coming away from the first game that I'd like to see a little bit more of is just consistent pass rush all the time because in this league, if you if you allow a guy like Brady, and that's the measuring stick, to sit sit in the pocket. Uh, he, he's capable, more than capable of hurting. Tennessee's coming off that big weather delay situation against Miami. Two big weather delays, seven-plus hours it took to get that whole game played. I mean, that's got to be brutal to go through a day like that and then lose. Yeah, it is. But, you know, Miami went through the delay as well, and they found a way to win. So uh, hats off to them. And, and, and you know, sometimes it's, it's uh, situations and, and things that you can't control, but you've got to figure out a way uh, to fight and get through it and stay mentally locked in. And the Dolphins were able to do that. I think, you know, maybe Tennessee dropped the ball a little bit, but it's still a talented football team. They lost a good football player in that ball game and Delaney Walker, uh, their tight end, uh, Marcus Mariota, who knows what his status is for this week's game against the Texans. So it's the right time so to speak uh, to go to Tennessee and uh, and figure out a way to get get one there against a divisional opponent that uh, you're going on the road to uh, to face what about New England going to Jacksonville how do you gauge this one with the Jags playing the Patriots so close in that AFC championship game and boy the Texans could really use the Patriots to help them out this weekend a little bit it's only week two but we need the divisional teams to lose yeah I'd feel a little bit better about it if, if Jacksonville were going to New England, but uh, for them being at home and, and kind of having that bad taste in their mouth about who knocked you out of the playoffs and, and things of that sort, um, you know, look for Jacksonville to play a, a very spirited game, and I wouldn't be surprised at all at the, in the slightest bit if Jacksonville wins the game. Now, that would take, you know, Fournette being healthy and who knows what the status for, for him or what, you know, what, whether or not he's going to play this week. But anytime you face the Patriots, you got to have all hands on deck. And uh, I, I just, I just like the roster of of Jacksonville. Fournette goes down in their ball game. Uh, T.J. Yeldon steps right in, catches a touchdown pass. They are just deep at a lot of diff- a lot of positions where it really, really matters. And so, um, you know, with they feel the loss of Fournette, but not like if it's other teams losing a starting running back. Let me ask you about Matt Stafford because he had a rough outing the other night and just did not seem like himself. And then you have the Jets saying they knew what was coming, play call-wise. A lot of different dynamics to that one, but I was really shocked that the Lions got blown out at home like that. You know, I think it's finally caught up to him, the lack of talent, a lack of skill talent around a guy like Matthew Stafford. You kind of get spoiled where, you, you know, you, you're going to take some hits somewhere, whether it's on the offensive line and you can't protect him or – it's in the skill positions, and I, I really think it's finally caught up with them. Uh, you mix that with a, a poor defensive performance, and you don't have enough possessions to go out and make any type of uh, run at a football game. So I, I think it's honestly going to be a long, long year for the Lions, and uh, Matthew Stafford is going to feel the brunt of a lot of it because he's so talented, the top paid player on that team, and he's the quarterback, but there's just nothing around him. There's no one to, to really hang their hat on that when it's third down in a critical situation that he can get the ball to him. So um, yeah, I think it, I think this is going to be a long season for the Lions. 
Dre, so much zone read going on in the NFL and obviously college football just filled with it. How would you have liked to play in a system like that? You were so productive in a pure run and shoot, but what about this kind of thing with you at the helm back in the day? I love it, Mark, uh, to be quite honest with you. I think it fits my skill set. I, I, people forget I went to the University of Houston to run the beer. And by the time I got to campus, uh, Jack Party and the run and shoot was there. So then you, you know, just retweak what you were going to do and you, you wind up in something else. And timing is everything. It certainly worked out that way. But I would love to do some of this and still be able to mix uh, some of the run and shoot concepts in there, be you know, able to run the football and things of that sort. Uh, I could run back in the day, um, so uh, I would not shy away from it in, in the least, in the least bit. So, yeah, I, I think it would be fun. It really would. I think I would, I would do very well in uh, in today's game. Did you run the Veer in high school? Was that the offense with Dub Ferris? Uh, we run the wing T, which was you know, there's some option in there, some a lot of misdirection in uh, in the wing T. But I carried the ball a lot. I blocked a lot. I would pitch and, and end up being the lead blocker or second blocker in. In, in a certain play in a different look but uh you know you you were uh, you were making contact just about every play or being contacted every play in in our offense but you had to be tough you had to be able to run and uh and certainly to be able to throw it as well and i think all those fit in today's concepts of offenses that timing on the pitch is no joke i remember coach boone and remember the titans to sunshine yeah. you can throw the ball a mile yeah. but you can't pitch it three feet of course all my football experiences in movies but what about that aspect of it one of my favorite movies of all time i mean it's still uh watching it today it gets me kind of emotional because it takes you back i think every player uh could attest to this it takes you back to to that time when you played in high school and there's no better time for a player period than high school football you can play uh, in college you can play in the nfl but when you when you think about it and just the love for the game, uh, and there's nothing like high school football. Do you think the town has a lot to do with it, the fact that everybody lives close by? I mean, it's not college, you're all on campus, but in high school, you all actually live there, and your families live there too. Yeah, I mean, it's the community. You're playing basically for where you grew up. In college, you know, you, you look in the stands, and you half the people you see, you have no idea who they are. You don't see them on campus, and, you know, all of a sudden these you know, if it's if it's someone that's graduated or the alums, you certainly don't know them. But you know just about everybody when you come off the sideline that's rooting for you at a high school football game. And you look in the stands, you know, you're seeing your your parents or your relatives and and uh, so on and so forth. But it's it's the community bond. It's it's guys that you've grown up with all your life, and now you guys are competing and fighting for one common bond, and that's the win each and every Friday night. So uh, it's, it's, it, it, that is, that's the most fun that you'll ever have is when you play high school football. And it becomes a business, certainly on the professional levels, but you're just playing for the love of the game when you're in high school. Dre, I know you have Toledo and the Miami Hurricanes, but at Toledo this weekend, so this is interesting. I'm sure Greg Mance will be locked into this one on digital or whatever. <laughs> so tell me about the matchup. Yeah, I think it's a great matchup. What people don't realize is that, uh, you know, as good as Miami was last year, Toledo led this game at uh, at half in Miami with a lead at the half. Now, it got away from them a little bit in the second half, but when you watch the film, you start to break things down. Um, it, it's it's a it's a an offense that could give the Canes some problems where you're spreading a lot of uh, fast guys out. 
in the space. You got to be a good tackler in, in these situations and or in those situations. And they they had problems in that area against LSU. Toledo can run the football. Uh, they're capable of doing that. They can throw it around. Uh, and as well defensively, I think the, the, it's going to come down to this. Do they have the depth this year to get into the fourth quarter when it's still a game and still be able or be able to hold on and stay in the ball game for 60 minutes? Uh, they did it for 30 minutes last year. Uh, it boiled, it'll boil down to can they harass the quarterback and ultimately just have enough depth to hang around late in the ballgame. And that's it. Andre Ware and Mike Keith, our guests today on the Vandermeer's View podcast. Have a great day, everyone. Check out some of the other podcasts right here, and go Texans!